My first sweet taste of rock and roll happened in Philadelphia, home of the cheesesteak, the Liberty Bell, and Rocky Balboa. How fitting that my introduction to the knockdown, dragout world of rock stars and romance happened in the hometown of the most famous boxer in movie history. How many Rocky movies were there? Five? I hope my story of broken and beaten hearts stays a trilogy, but I can't be sure. Some women look for money in their mates. Others look for personality. Me? I just look for a guitar strapped to their back and a pair of skinny jeans on their legs. I met Rocker while working as a touring dancer, earning $600 a week as the pre-show headlining act for a rock band on their U.S. club tour. I drove across America with six other dancers in our costumes in a white nine-passenger van. Each day, we woke up, drove for hours, and finally arrived at the next venue. Sleeping stretched out on the van's floor while it bounced down the highway actually became comfortable. When we finally arrived, we crammed ourselves into a tiny dressing room to prepare for the rock show, curling our hair, gluing on false eyelashes, and covering our faces with pounds of glitter. I resembled a 1986 Las Vegas showgirl, complete with fishnets and feathers. I didn't find myself remotely attractive and doubted anyone in the audience would either. I rummaged around the TLA's backstage for a place to get ready when I first spotted Rocker. I overheard him ask his friends whether he should braid wooden beads into his four-inch red sideburns. I pretended to focus on my curling iron and overcolored blonde strands, but I was mesmerized. Did he actually prefer his sideburns that way? Was it so long since his last shower and shave that he didn't notice the two ferret-like animals sleeping on his face? While I contemplated my questions, his ferret infestation became appealing. I stood silently taking it all in. Rocker smoked, wore a skull cap, and smelled like he hadn't showered for weeks. Love at first sight, obviously. If I had any brains or any ounce of control over my heart, what should have happened next was, oh, hell no, then a push-turned pot of beret of feathers and fishnets out the door. Instead, this happened. Oh, hey, how are you? Rocker asked. I planned our wedding. I pictured our children. Years of birthday presents for him floated in my mind. Please kiss me, right now. My mind raced. I want to know what his skin feels like. I can't form sentences, but if I could, I'd quote something brilliant from Poe. I'd report a fascinating story I read in the newspaper this morning. I'd tell the story of giving my shoes to a child on the side of the road in Honduras. I'd be more than a giggling girl who trips over her own feet. I wish I could wear my layers like sweaters and slowly peel them off. I'll prove to him I'm more than a typical girl. I wish I were a mind reader. I wish I knew his thoughts, unless, of course, he's thinking about something other than kissing me, because in that case, I don't want to know. The way he stands there turns me into an adolescent. Hearing his voice leaves me squeamish. I picked my manicure selection out of hundreds of choices based on what might be his favorite, but I already bit off all of my nails in anticipation of seeing him. I'm hanging on the tip of every word he says, but he barely knows I'm alive. Worse, he knows I'm alive and he doesn't care. Or worse yet, he knows I'm alive and thinks I'm a squeamish, obsessive, giggling, strange girl who's just plain weird instead of uber-hot, smart, cultured dream girl I try so hard to act like. Please don't just stand there. Kiss me or my heart might stop. I'm good, I replied. If good girls are attracted to bad boys, then I was dealt a game of cards between Tommy Lee, Kid Rock, and Steven Tyler. Like Sandy Olsen meeting Danny Zuko, he was leather and I was lace. Or more appropriately, I was white feathers and he newly beaded facial hair. The show began and I danced in my cheesy Viva Las Vegas outfit, complete with thigh-high black patent boots. I never measured the heels, but they were so high I couldn't completely straighten my legs while wearing them, let alone navigate around the amps, wires, and beer bottles littering the stage. And by stage, I mean 10 by 10 wooden riser in the corner of a smoky, crowded bar. 
People stood so close they could reach out and grab us, and most nights they did. This show was the opposite of everything perfect and wholesome that I did with the Rockettes. My feet stuck to the spilled beer covering the floor, and I nearly tripped over the discarded bottles. Often, the audience ignored our efforts and chanted the band's name instead of watching us. We couldn't get off the stage because the marketing team of some corporate sponsor thought it was a good idea for dancers to open a rock show. It was a stupid idea. It was a stupid costume. I hated the white van, but it was my job. It was my first gnarly backstage pass and my first taste of the glamorous world of rock and roll. Rocker's show was far less cheesy, and he didn't mind the beer bottles on stage. Most of them probably belonged to him. He covered the top of his sideburns with a bandana and raced around the stage while playing some of the most amazing, ear-shattering music I had ever heard. His fingers moved so quickly on his guitar strings, I felt dizzy.